our other videos, like on Adulting Simply, we're usually on opposite ends of the couch. And the dogs are always involved. So, um, we're sitting closer. Holy involved. Pretending to like each other today. <laughs> so, hi to you guys. Um, as you know, we have decided to launch a Facebook page and a podcast called Church Girls Gone Wild. Yes. Um, it is absolutely what it sounds like and not at all what it sounds like at the same time. Um, what it sounds like is that we are a bunch of church girls at a bar going, woohoo! That's not what we're doing at all. Well, we're doing some woohoo. Yeah, just, just not at all. <laughs> just uh, not, not partying in that aspect. No, but we're definitely Maybe. getting half. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, in our last few months together, we have had a bajillion and one conversations about things we love about God, things we love about Scripture, mm -hmm. things that get us so excited and so full of the Holy Spirit that I just can't imagine there being a drug on this planet that feels that good. And if you've never experienced that, well, just be sure you keep up with us because we'll have lots of conversations about how it feels. Um, thanks, Charlie. I don't need a bath. But we've also found that in both of our growing up, and Rachel's been in church since she was born, literally. Yeah. And I've been churched since kindergarten because I went to a Methodist school, so like, the Bible was one of our mandatory textbooks. And I've been in church my entire life. Now, my background is a little different. My dad's family is Catholic. My mom's family was Pentecostal. I went to a Methodist school to a non-denomination church, was saved Assembly of God, and baptized in a missionary Baptist church. A mutt. You called it the other night. A religious mutt. Yeah, yeah, that's what you called it the other night. So, like, whereas I think you've been Baptist your whole life, right? Yes. Uh, full context, my uh, dad is a pastor and has done church planting um, and been in ministry for 30 years. So I've grown up in that and my own personal journey was in, has been different. I was really definitely always wanting to spend time with God and then I got really sick for a couple years and then was kind of like, okay God, you abandoned me. Um, and then I struggled more because I kind of didn't have that. I was completely no, um, I didn't have any armor on because I wasn't, and if you don't know what that means, just continue listening. <laughs> um, I we had do my defenses yeah, down, do um, faith wise. And so the enemy got to, um, kind of dig at me a little bit and I'll share more about all of that because that's a real large thing. Uh, but That's some episodes. <laughs> yeah. That we've had. Um, seeing her walk out her faith, it was like, okay, so this is actually what it should be. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a beginning of what it should be. Well, when I'm I say by no be, means there, I just have a, a burning, churning passion and desire to walk with to walk with Jesus, to walk in the Spirit, to to abide in Him and Him abide in me all the time. Because I have found that to be the most satisfying, uplifting, encouraging, wholesome, stable, which, as we'll talk about, I say stable because it feels safe and secure, but it's the wildest ride you'll ever take in your life on top of some sense of stability. But, um, yeah, not... 
It's pieces of how it should look. Well, yeah, and 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 no, nobody, nobody is perfect. But how it should be really is more of focus on how what it is to experience God when you allow yourself to be immersed in the goodness and the beauty of God's love. It's just different, and I hadn't experienced it to that level. I said it was about a relationship, not about religion. I still was very much in that uh, denominational religion kind of rigidity. Um, Law-abiding rules. Yeah. Not so much, okay, this is how what it is to experience God and live abundantly and live knowing that God is going to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever hope or dream. And then when he gives you those little... Yes. <laughs> when he gives you those little... Little... Sh- images and things like that this is what I'm going to do for you you're like hold up you're about to do exceedingly abundantly more than that I need to hold on <laughs> we say that constantly every so day you are, you are running a marathon lately it's been Jesus you're running a marathon at a sprint pace I just need to hang on to your ankle for a while because I'm tired okay I'm tired <laughs> yes but, but we're still uh, hanging on we're still going we live our days listening to um a lot of uh a lot of messages, podcasts, uh, because we're just very hungry to know God in a... In a a different way. In a different way. We know a lot of the scripture already. We just want to... Digest and... And execute it differently. Yeah. So here's the gist of it, really. We've come to a place in our life, even though we're 23 years apart, we've both come to a place in our life where... You know, you're you're always promised, oh, if you want healing or you want happiness or you want a good life, you go to church, right? But we've both experienced going to church being exactly the opposite of a happy, healthy, healed, fulfilled life. She's had a lot of religious trauma. I have had a good fair share of religious trauma, never mind just moving around from place to place. And I have ADHD, so when you're neurodiverse, you're extra sensitive, like rejection sensitive or... If you really feel like you can count on somebody in a life group or an elder or whatever to be there for you and to love on you and console you and whatnot, then when that doesn't work out, which as you mature, you realize it doesn't work out for a lot of reasons, but, it, but if you're neurodiverse or you've had a lot of trauma in your life, it's very easy to get heartbroken by the very human choices of those people. It not be intentional at all, it not be against you, but it still feels that way. And so I have also run into a whole, whole, whole lot of people that have had some similar experiences, just really broken, let down experiences inside the church. And it has turned them completely away from church and sometimes completely away from God, which is really sad because God's pretty fantastic, like really fantastic. So, and the Holy Spirit is fantastic on 14 levels. So... We wanted, we wanted what the promise was. Like, we read it in Scripture, and we hear it in the pulpit, but we weren't getting to experience it. And there's just so many limitations in the organization of the church. Then what we also found was there's limitations in the body of Christ as a whole because what we're being taught in many of churches that... And we live in the South. She's not from the South. I am. But... We're, we're in the Bible Belt. There, we're, it's, I, 
I'm not even going in the direction. There's more churches probably than there are gas stations. And banks. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's you know, still wild. it's it's very it's very doctrinal is what we talked about earlier today. You get a thirty minute message and then you make sure that you're home early to you know, on time and beat the traffic and get to lunch or whatever. But like, and there's some pastors that are teaching application, like what this looks like in real life. I used to watch Rick Warren a lot, a lot. And he has an hour and 15 minute long to an hour and a half sermon. Mm -hmm. That's not counting worship. That's just the talking. And he does a lot. Does that bother you? Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently she doesn't like long She's the most moody dog ever. Yeah. Very much so. And so um, a lot of his teaching is application you know how you put this in practice and so that's cool but then there's not a lot of charismatic application teaching and i i wanted desperately to feel what scripture says that you feel i wanted desperately to walk out absolute victory in spiritual warfare but then i had to understand what spiritual warfare was and not be terrified of it anymore and just the promises of abundance and Growing up in a broken family and and having a lot of early trauma, my understanding of God was basically the projection of how I felt my father felt towards me, like my my biological father. And so I just had to do a lot of undoing so that I could relearn. And you've had to do a lot of undoing also. Yeah. So that we could... And honestly, y'all, we're beginning our journey in what it means to really walk with God, to really walk a Christ-like life and it's not easy and we don't do it perfectly and I still cuss terribly and there's (laughs) so many things that in in the foundations of what scripture lays out as a healthy right appropriate way to live but the one thing that that we are is absolutely desperately infatuated with the idea of living in oneness with the spirit of God yeah like walking daily and like you hear um someone the other day said uh something where they're like you wish that you could just talk to god like or hear him talk to you throughout the day and you can but we we do yeah and sometimes it's like uh are you serious right now because uh that's a lot but there are things that he does and like when you start to even notice like it's taken me a a long time because i was helping with there was a ministry that I was helping out with um earlier this year but it started triggering my religious trauma stuff so much that I had to take a sabbatical and I was worried when I started sabbatical is Rachel's new favorite word yeah uh I started um I didn't know what I wanted to do about God because I knew that I missed time with God but I was being triggered and so that's when observing Melissa's walk with God, I was like, this is not triggering me. Like, I was like, what is going on? I can actually... shove it down your throat. It's just my thing. It's It's, just... It's my life. It's what um, I want to do. And letting... I went from... And I I told this to... And this is what I often see in a lot of um, people who've been hurt. I went from wanting to barely have snow cones with God and here I'll, I'll 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 give you a little understanding of that. So if you go to a coffee shop with someone, you're typically there for about 3 hours, you have a really deep conversation like you catch up, catch up. 
um, or you're having some, no matter who, you, when you get coffee, when somebody says, let's get coffee, you're like, oh, okay, I've got to schedule like half a day. <laughs> At least and, that's what it means if I say, let's get coffee. <laughs> Some yeah. people, if we're going to hang out for 30 minutes and go back to work. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what that is that. like. Yeah. But for me, that was what coffee was. So I told my a uh, couple of my mentors a few, mo- uh, a few months ago, I was like, okay, here's where I'm at with God. I'm like, I'll get snow cones with God, which is like snow cones. It's like you're there for like, 10, 15 minutes, if that. But your mouth is busy um, doing something else. Yeah, you're just not really <laughs> focused. It's not intentional. Um, and so that's or, where I was at. In, and, or um, intimate. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and mm-hmm. I would even say intentional because it's like, okay, I want a little bit of God, but, like, I want to live my life. Oh, got it. Um, but then now it's like, yeah, no, we do. Don't leave we, my side. Don't, don't leave my side. Yeah, and there I catch myself a lot. I'm still very much learning how to not live in fight or flight, and I catch myself during the day where I'm just like, I haven't been still enough to hear. Like, if I don't stay still enough in my spirit, then it isn't that constant communication. I'm like, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was busying myself. Let me sit at you. Let me let me listen to you again. Um, because the the things that He tells you, the things that He shows you, is just so beautiful when you have been hurt a lot by the church, it's really hard. Or maybe you haven't been hurt, but maybe you're just really confused because you going on Sundays doesn't teach you enough of to apply it how to apply it. You're like, okay, how am I supposed to do this? This is 2022. That was cool for that example, but what do I do in these other 400,000 situations? Exactly. When we listen to um, a message together, what we'll, one of us, it's usually you, you're like, okay, so tell me how to do that. Um, and then sometimes we don't always hear exactly maybe how we're like, okay, well, how could we actually apply this? And actually through those conversations, we're like, we'll work it out. we're going to do a podcast. <laughs> and so that's one thing. The format of this podcast is obviously not scripted casual. and it's not going to be scripted. It'll be casual. There'll be sometimes that we look like we're in our pajamas and there'll be sometimes the dogs are here and there'll be sometimes that we'll, you know, be dressed and do things more professionally. But the, that was very important to me to be 100% real um, and not, like, I'd rather it just feel like you're hanging out with us and we're chatting. Yeah. But the other thing, well, I was wanted to say a second ago, so Rachel's a lot further along with her being able to hear God and her being able to see and visualize things. So... She has giftings that I don't know what the exact definition and word is for, but then I have different giftings. So I have, she can literally see and visualize things and and get, we call them downloads from God. She can get visual storytelling downloads from God and see things play out the way they're going to play out when we're in the midst of the difficulty. Almost like memories. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then I have a prophetic gifting which people don't typically like. People that have a prophetic gifting oftentimes um, just say what it is, like how it is, and are really direct and straightforward. And if you don't want to hear that about your situation or yourself, then you tend to not like that person. Um, So people either love me for speaking directly into what they've got going on because they wanted to know, 
or they don't like me at all because I'm speaking directly into what they've got going on, and they don't want to know that at all. I, Rachel has played both sides of that. Yeah. <laughs> some days she's like, mm -mm, I'm not talking to you, and some days I'm like, not good, because I'm not talking to you until you are not that color on your face. <laughs> so we have different giftings, and we're at different places. So we'll talk about how our experiences living in the spirit are but they'll, they're going to be different mm -hmm. so understand yeah. that it, that as you grow into that like there's things that she's now starting to feel see understand but it's a it's a small muscle that's starting to get worked where mine is more grown in that way but then I have places that I had coffee with a friend the other day and she's okay I want to do this thing and and it's it's you sit down with somebody and they tell you something that they're going to start or a project or whatever and then they say, okay, tell me, tell me what God gave you about that. And I was like, what? Like, you can do that on the spot. It's not just something you get and then you tell somebody later. And she was like, I was like, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because I've never done it that way before. But sure enough, in that moment when she told me what she told me about a dream that she has and the thing that she's going to do, God immediately spoke to me some really wonderful, positive, affirming, prophetic things about what she was going to do. I need you to understand that when I say prophetic gift, read your Bible, it's not talking about being a prophet. They're totally different. A prophetic gifting is someone that can speak life and speak truth into someone else, that can see something about their life or their future or their situation that they can't quite see. My daughter will tell you for sure that this is a thing that if I say, no, I, I know that this is going to happen this way. I have a certain feeling that I get in a certain place in my body that I'm just sure that something's going to play out that way or happen that way or whatever. And just the silliest little example is I knew when she got pregnant, I told her the month that she'd get pregnant, the month that she would have her baby and what sex the baby would be. Cause I just, God had just told me that she got pregnant the month I said she was, she's due the month I said that she's supposed to have the baby. I'm actually advocating for backing that up some now, but, um, <laughs> and that it was going to be a boy. And when we watched the gender reveal, I was like, I don't know why y'all are even watching. It's going to be a boy. And my husband said, you don't know that. I was like, no, I do know that. Like, I know that intuitively and confidently. So I have those little things that God gives me, but it's only here and there. Like, I don't get to predict it. I don't get to ask. I don't get to say, well, that's not true. At some point in my development, my spiritual development, I will probably get to ask. But, like, I'm not there yet. The last part that is the most unusual part and probably will cause the most roughness is... We're not religious or doctrinal. We're spiritual. Which is completely... Which is very different. Yes. And so I can't really mm -hmm. subscribe to a doctrine or a religion at this point in my life because, as I mentioned, I've touched a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I wasn't able to understand the application of Scripture until I actually went outside of scripture and gained more knowledge about mindset work, about um, the way you care for your body mm -hmm. and how that affects your emotional well-being and your mental health and, um, and your relational engagement and just your overall quality of life. And then, don't freak out, as I studied Law of Attraction stuff... Um, We'll get into a lot of conversations. Well, maybe not a lot. No, actually, as we yeah. as we walk through studying the Bible, I will pull in all that context from chakras, centering, and how those things feel to 
um, the mindset work and the law of attraction stuff. And because those those aspects of things are always things that I was curious about. And one of the through my learning, because I'm still very new to that. To anything outside of yes. just scripture. Yeah. Um, I I was so paranoid um, with all of that stuff when when I was um, living with my parents. But through learning those things, it's also helped me, because um, even just for example, like when it comes to even something like with chakras, it just because you're pulling something from, you're pulling it as information and not the religious portion. It's supporting it's supporting information. It's supporting yeah. study. Yeah. So some people, some people don't. Some people are like, like absolutely anti-Bible and they're just metaphysical or atheist or agnostic or whatever. And I have, I have friends all over the place and I never really thought that I have a friend that was Jehovah Witness, but I have a regular conversation with an elder lady who is Jehovah Witness and we have Jehovah's Witness. I said it wrong. Um, and we have wonderful conversations and I've met most of their family and they're amazing, amazing people. And so I always welcome the variety because I want to know, you know, what's going on and how it looks and feels to everybody. Mm. So I guess the beginning of me branching out was when I was in college and I had to study psychology. Mm. Well, then I fell in love with mm. psychology and childhood development and all of that stuff because it answered and explained a lot about me and my traumas. But then I started to see parallels in what I learned, what I knew then in scripture and then what I was reading in my psychology books. Now, not all of it. There's some stuff in there that is absolutely opposite of, of things that scripture says. But I remember messaging my professor and I was like, this is so satisfying because growing up, at that point in time, my latter years had been in a missionary Baptist church of which the common conversation was that science study is against scripture. So I always felt conflicted in my spirit like I was sinning by studying psychology until it finally occurred to me the parallels. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So at that point in time, I messaged my instructor, which, you know, you can't talk about. She, they can't, instructors can't talk about church or religion or anything like that unless you bring it up. So I messaged my instructor and I was like, this is so cool. I have felt like for the last two years that I was really doing something wrong by doing the psychology study, which was mandatory for my degree plan. I said, but I keep finding all these examples that are exactly what Scripture's talking about. It's just a different noun or verb usage. And she said, I felt the same way when I was young. And that's actually why I went into this field and went into teaching it. Because it is wholesome content and it is a healthy, right way to live. You know, the human behavior aspects of it are in alignment with how we're supposed to love and treat each other. And, and the parenting and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. It was wonderful. So that, I guess in my early 20s, I began to look at different aspects of putting the content of Scripture in my life and being able to talk about it with different word usage. Yeah. And Essentially, like, when I wear these glasses, they help me see. So it's like when you it's take... It's a tool. Yeah, yeah. When you take God's <laughs> Word and you put them on your eyes and ask God to allow you, like... In TV shows or movies, this is something God's always used. I called it the spiderweb effect as a child. I'd see things from, I mean, it could be Star Wars to Marvel to whatever it is, even to kids' TV shows as a child. I was like, oh, that's like this. Oh, that's like that. 
but I had never like Epic talks about. You see the story. The yeah, human, the Epic human by story. John Eldridge yeah. is a great book if you're like I don't even know what like I get confused with the Bible and you need to just understand just and the light side of like the dark a, side. Yeah, yeah, that's a great book. Um, uh, we will have a resource page. Um, yes, we that, will have a resource. <laughs> it'll page. be constantly updating. Um, but yeah, those understanding um, that you can have if you look at everything with a biblical perspective you will realize the parallels mm-hmm. you and have not because you ask not the doing the vision boards is Habakkuk 2 to write it down and make it plain mm-hmm. I think that's the right yeah and so like there's all these concepts that are out there in spirituality or in growth that actually are in scripture also you just have to know what to look for yeah and even when um when, uh, as I've been reading about, um, chakras and stuff, mm-hmm. especially because I do have, uh, PTSD and as healing part of my trauma and understanding my body Just stuff. feeling your body. Yeah. Being really in touch Even with some body. of the things, um, that are especially, I noticed more so in the Old Testament or things that, um, David would say the word choices mm-hmm. that he used it describes mm-hmm. where that certain feelings and where emotions and yes. where your body yes. stores. Yes. So, um, especially with, with, I have multiple chronic illnesses all related to my trauma and it's cause your body stores trauma mm-hmm. and where those things were stored. It makes sense. Like why I've dealt with the pains that I've dealt with mm-hmm. and through understanding and why that I got so sick for yeah. two or three years three and years. why I've been able to dive into okay, this is how I can release that trauma or this is how I can do that. But being able to pull that in with scripture as well, you're adding another level of knowledge. Because by understanding... It's like a key that starts opening up stuff. So it's like when um, when you first learn the order of operations in math, you're like... When you first learn that, it fully, um, like, it allows you to do a lot of things as long as you follow that. The order of operations. Yeah, as long as you follow the rules, you can. I mean, God is an orderly God. There are systems Mm -hmm. um, that are in place for a reason. Science is, you know, there are some. Very orderly. Yeah, it's very orderly. And so if you look at that with your body holistically and you look at the Bible God's wanting you to care for your body and love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your mind. Um, all your strength. Yeah, I was struggling getting those words out. <laughs> all of those aspects, it's a very holistic approach because if God created your whole body, that includes all aspects of your life. Um, and if you don't know how to care for that, look up adulting simply. <laughs> <laughs> Little plug. Um, but Big plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All of those things are very important, but if you just subscribe to what you get at church and you don't take a look at the knowledge, because just like learning about the history of our past is helpful um, to make decisions, learning from the wisdom of um, other um, cultures, because even in other religions, Jesus... um, people see him as a great teacher mm-hmm. and they listen to a lot of um jesus's teaching they don't believe i do a, i listen to an every tuesday that's that's very metaphysical very you know law of attraction e-type thing thing and he'll tell you every time that he always prefaces 
quoting scripture by, you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a Christian who was Catholic when I was growing up. Like he's not a professed Christian. He's not, you know, he's more of an agnostic approach. But we'll, every Tuesday, we'll quote scripture in alignment with something that he's talking about. Yeah, and all of that, um, there are people who do know scriptures, um, but the difference, the cool thing, is when you actually follow God and you are wanting to listen to him more, it's very important even to know, um, I, I, I see it as being very important, to know how certain things feel in my body. You resonate whether it's whether it's right or wrong. Yes. Like your intuitions will start to tell you, the Holy Spirit will start to tell you, uh, this is not comfortable, so this is my warning light about yeah. something. Yeah, and it's important. It's like, how do you even... Um, the Bible can be just the guide, the only guide, but using and understanding the knowledge of other things can help come alongside and clarify a lot mm-hmm. because the Bible can be studied for years and years and years, and you're still... There's still going to be some things. That every are... year you read it, it will change for you. Every, every week, the more mature, every yeah, week, the more you're mature, the more you grow, or the more curious you become, or the more you tap into a certain aspect of it. And we've been studying kingdom living and supernatural hardcore lately, um, and spiritual warfare hardcore. Um, it re- it reads different, depending. It, mm-hmm. But they say it's the living word because it constantly suits and changes where you are in life. So you read the Bible, but it also reads you. And you'll read it very differently. That's the than, best way to put that. Yeah. It, you will read it very differently than someone else, depending on what stage of life you're in. Well, all this other supporting information kind of educates you or, or maps it to a place that's easier to understand, regardless of your maturity level. So, like, it, it breaks it down in layman's terms. Whereas yeah. scripture, you kind of have to know. The, the, you the, you have to have researched like yeah. the you need to have a, historical a content concordance and you need to know the word meaning the root word meanings and all kinds of stuff. Scripture is is Pandora's box of wonderfulness, but if you're brand new into it and you don't know, it can be overwhelming. Right? There's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of theological study that which will help break down for you. Right, exactly. And then there's this wonderful thing called the Bible Project, another plug for them, that will help break it down for you way better than we can. Like the Greek and the Hebrew and all that. Yeah. And so you may read it and think it means this one thing, but actually if you get to the root translation of those words, Mm -hmm. that wasn't a culturally appropriate... The way you read it is not what culture was like then, and that's not even the root word meaning. So, So we've just found that the more additional information we can gather. I think this is the first time we've got to sit on the couch with no dogs in a long time. Yeah. So the more additional information that you can gather, it really expands and deepens your knowledge of Scripture. Now, there are going to be, oh, I don't know, 40 million people make a comment and troll and complain and say how wrong and horrible and terrible we are, of which we don't care. You don't have to watch it. But you can watch it and make all your complaints in all the comments and help boost our algorithms and we'll be glad for you to fuss and cuss all you want to but it's not going to change our principle so yeah. don't be trying to save us we're already saved and we already love the Holy Spirit so and know. those are that's that's the one aspect like the more that I even learn about stuff when it comes to spirituality um, as a whole outside of just um, scripture the more 
I understand scripture. (laughs) And the more I actually am able to have a level of discernment and go, no, that's not right. Right. That's a lot of what I was taught is that, oh, you have to be careful because, you know. Yeah, so all that other stuff. It's all voodoo and witchcraft. When in fact, by then I was, when I got into mindset or healthy habits or any of that, some of what was being taught, I was afraid because, and and then living in fear, that's not scripture. Anti-scripture. Yeah, it's the opposite. And so all those different things that you learn, it's really important to educate yourself. And when you view it with going, God, I want to know you more and I want to know more about my body and learning who you have me to be, who you call me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, my giftings, my purpose, like yeah. not waking up in a dead end job every single day of your life. God gave you a calling and gave you a purpose. He, he doesn't intend for you to live in a miserable workaholic environment situation where it's just drudgery to make sure you pay the bills. Like that's, that's not, that's not what scripture says. Everybody it's has a gifting and a calling. Abundant, passionate living. Um, in community. Yes. Loving, living and sharing with other people. Yes. I like that last part. That addition is a very important key aspect. All kinds of people. All kinds of people. All the people. Black, white, pink, purple. Pink, purple? I mean, some days you're pink. I can mention one name and you will turn pink from here to as far down as (laughs) far. So, yes. Um, And my toes turn purple because I have rain odds and so do yours at some point in time, I'm sure. Yes, they do. (laughs) Anywho, that also includes people from all other religions and cultures and mindsets and you know we've got to be able to show up at a table and have a conversation and go interesting because they will never ever no one is ever going to want to listen to you if you come in a you don't want to be that i think i know who she's imitating (laughs) (laughs) yes so so i mean and and i am a very outgoing, bold person. So Rachel and I have, both. first of all, both of us are ADHD. So we talk over each other constantly. Yeah. And so it's sometimes it's hard to find the right communication partner in diversity. Sometimes your communication style is very off-putting to other people. Like I come from a European family, so think about a bunch of Italians at a table and everybody's talking and waving breadsticks and yelling and whatnot. Well, my family's Polish, and that's pretty much what Christmas was like, only with sauerkraut and sausage instead of breadsticks. And so um, I find it it's very stimulating to have a back-and-forth banter conversation. However, um, other people, including my spouse, do not find it at all interesting or enjoyable to have a, a, a loud, boisterous back-and-forth. And you gave yourself a disclaimer when I first met you about... Those oh, did things, I? yeah. Oh, did you? Know, well, you didn't. You didn't apologize. I don't remember anything I say. It's but she I did before. give like a disclaimer, like if I come across, I just you know. I'm passionate. I'm yeah. not mad. <laughs> um, I would always have to give myself a disclaimer if I accidentally interrupt you, which I most likely will. It's not because I don't care or want to hear what you're saying. It's just because I have ADHD in my brain. I'm has, excited. And I don't want to lose it. Yeah, we get very, very, um, very passionate, very excited. Mm-hmm. We will sometimes sound like we are yelling into your speakers, so just... Don't ride in a car with her, ever. Ever. (laughs) Well, just, she grew up with... You can hear her through earplugs. I'm not joking. (laughs) 
you, uh, she grew up having, you know, the Polish background. I grew up in a, uh, my mom's side of the family is very, very country, grew up in Tennessee. They always, they talk very loud and I've grown up around that. Um, and I also have trouble sometimes processing, like even if, so if she I'm not, talks louder to make sure she yes, can process or I turn saying. something up really loud or she has to repeat herself five billion times. I'm like, what did you say? What did you say? Not because I can't hear it. I just can't process. Um, and that's sometimes the same. Or I just get really excited and I don't know how to turn my volume down. <laughs> not yet. I'm not to that point in my journey. It's a journey. That's not true. Sometimes she's in here whisper quiet and studying and <laughs> super chill with the whatever that machine is over there that spits out. The diffuser? Yeah, that thing. That spits out misty smoke. No, I told more. you. I have, I, I'm an all or nothing person. So sometimes I'll yeah, but then I forget what I'm saying if I if I talk too quiet. And so, but I don't forget what I'm saying if I just like blah blah blah. I guess the last thing I want to say is we are both neurodiverse and we are both very passionate people. And I have discovered as of late that I think I, I have a theory. Neurodiverse people as a whole were spiritually focused. We could probably take over the country and um, yeah. and absolutely eradicate darkness as a whole. Yes, that, <laughs> honestly, that would happen. Very we could play Star Wars on Earth. Anyway. Yes, and I don't even watch Star Wars, so there you go. Um, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, you'll get much more of this. Oh, that's what it was. Just the fact that we know each other and our story, as as we'll tell a lot of it. We've only known each other since. I met you July. July. Uh, we talked before the 4th of July. The week, yeah, the I interviewed you on the phone. And I interviewed you on the phone. That's what I was trying to say. I can't. I Interviewee. I don't know how to we talk. We had a chat. We had a chat on the phone. It was a great <laughs> chat. I thought she was 30-something years old. She was like, I'm 21. And I went, huh? <laughs> but um, just the fact that we're in each other's lives and the way we're in each other's lives and how this has all played out. You just can't deny that there's a God in heaven that orchestra yeah. that orchestrates a lot. So, like, I have I had a house helper, my very first house helper. I got sick uh, at the end of 2019 and um, stayed sick for a long time. And I wasn't able to take care of me or home or a lot of other things. And, and oddly enough, just like with her trauma, a lot of it was not being able to live in alignment with God the way I, I needed to. Living in duality is what my therapist referred to it as, and it causes conflict within your body. So, um, my very first house helper is, is she atheist or agnostic? I think she's atheist. So, I had either an atheist or agnostic house helper that connected us. And we only knew each other barely at all. Through a support group of types. Yeah, and I had talked to her a couple times. We hadn't met in person yet. We were just Facebook friends, and she knew that I was looking for a job. But she knew that her skill set was perfect to support me and my And how she knew, I didn't even send her my resume. She just knew. Yeah. And so that's why this whole thing is wild. And we've been living these separate stories. Like she spent her whole younger, your whole adult life, hell, you're barely an adult. Um, (laughs) A large large portion of her life wanting a live-in mentorship situation. Life shifted very unexpectedly, very unpleasantly for me which then allowed for that opportunity for her, but then at the same time, I actually needed her. And so, um, and I will never not need you again. And so, um, 
it, it's just, it's just so wild. It's so wild. It's so, so wild how we came together and how perfectly our very healthy interpersonal relationship is as friends, as business partners, as coworkers, as roommates, as dog sharers. Um, it's just been, it's been the most miraculous. It feels like it's been a real, like a year when it's only been a couple months. Yeah. And the, sometimes we have to go, wait, what day is it? Yeah, we're going on three months now, and I, I do feel like we've lived a year and three months. We've talked a year's worth of talking in three months. That's very true. Follow us along for the ride. We'll be launching books and talking about the wonders of God, and we'll be talking to people about their trauma, and we'll be talking about their trauma within the church. We'll be talking about the way we think churches should adjust and evolve, and we'll the what, the why, and the how. The what, the why, and the how. We'll hopefully be talking to pastors about their frustrations with why they can't execute things better in the church. Because it, I'm not, we're not here to blame anybody or criticize. We're just here to say it's not a complaining session. It's a this is what's going on, and this is the shortcomings and what's needed in our society. And this is now. how we can get there. And this, these are some ideas. So, hang out with us. We're just going to, like, literally, our podcasts are going to be us just talking, and you'll just be hanging out. If you have questions, ask questions. We'll talk about it at another time. We get to do this podcast. <laughs> so, this is Rachel, and I'm Melissa, and if you enjoyed and we're crazy. our... <laughs> and we're crazy. We're church girls gone wild. If you, watched the, if you watched our video or listened to our podcast... And you are curious or intrigued or, um, <laughs> really? we have a corgi on the floor singing to you, or just, uh, want to participate in supporting us, encouraging us, helping us along the way. We do have a Patreon account that you can either do a monthly subscription for or donate whatever amount that you would like. Mm -hmm. Um, that helps keep us sane and stable and plenty of avocados and salmon to keep our brains functioning really well. And uh, enables us to do things like write a book called Redeeming Love yes. and me to produce material for living a life more intentionally and spiritually. Um, it'll actually be a workbook, almost like a lifestyle planner that'll be coming out soon called Living Proof. So, lots of lots of things. Yeah. Exciting things. Very much so. We are motivated, highly motivated to help you live the best most exciting, fulfilled, amazing, passionate. joyful, passionate, wonderful spiritual life that you possibly can. And if you want to support us in supporting you, that would be great.